Hello everyone, what's going on? Back again with another episode of Classic Nine. As always, I'm joined by Gabriel Poco. Gabriel, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing great. What about you? Yeah, I'm surviving. No more international fo- uh, football, thank God. God, it was so... Oh, I'm so, suffering throughout, honestly. <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, at least Jack Grealish looked really good for England. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't believe those were his first caps. Like, <laughs> Anyway, for the news. So we're going to start off with the advancements on the Newcastle takeover. The club have came out and basically said that they are taking the Premier League to court. Yeah, so Newcastle have released, uh, so the club have released an official statement uh, in which they say that they're, they're, they're literally confirming that they're taking uh, legal procedures against uh, the, the EPL, which is massive news because until now it was just paper talk, but now it's official. We know what the stance of the club is. Uh, if Is it better for fans? I think it is. Uh, so there's more transparency. Well, that's a, the but thing is though, it, we, again, it, we really are rarely, like you rarely hear anything like communications-wise from the club. So, like, this is like when the club does eventually comment on something, it is very big news. And there's also the the fans consortium that we've mentioned in previous weeks, who I think uh, Newcastle fans uh, do. Uh, we should thank them, and of course, uh, the Nust. Um, Newcastle United supporters trust one pound a year or join them. It's big news for us because I mean, the Premier League are being found out now. Let's face it. Like, especially, you know, when they had the big picture idea. Yeah. And the fact is, as well, having seen, like, the last year with the Bin Zayed group, um, they've heard bid forward, but that got drawn out by the Premier League. And they've just bought, they've just bought Derby, uh, Derby County, no problem. And Burnley, I think, have either had or are getting a takeover, uh, as uh, is the same case with Southampton. So... Like this is really a case of the just. I'm sure it is just bias against Newcastle. But um, uh, the thing is, though, obviously the big clubs won't want another mega rich club to come and challenge for silverware. You know, there's no grounds for them to um, reject the, the the takeover. You know. Yeah, which is why I think it will eventually go through. But thankfully, as well, this shouldn't happen in the public domain this time. Um, so the Telegraph are reporting that the Saudis are very like should the club win this case they're going to come back to the table with the 305 million pound bid and even Rafa Benitez has chimed in saying he would love he would like to come back to Newcastle so it's yeah apparently he's distanced himself from from Derby Derby. yeah which to me is a thing I mean pretty big link yeah he left Newcastle after the Bin Zayed group takeover fell last uh, in 2019 so last year he left Newcastle after their takeover bid fell through. So obviously they've now got Derby and they've gone for him again, but he doesn't want to manage Derby. That's probably, a, do you think he's waiting for the opportunity to come back? Yeah, I think he wants to come back to Newcastle. He didn't want to leave in the first place. He left because his contract didn't get renewed, you know? He was, he was, yeah, he was loved by Newcastle fans. He was, I'm not going to say worshipped, but to that extent, possibly. Oh, he, he, he probably was. Yeah, I think he was. Like, the thing is, though, it's like a lot of the criticisms we have, we have of Bruce, we had of Benitez as well. But at least, you know, with Benitez, you know, he's a winner, you know? Steve Bruce is not. With Benitez, you can sort of respect the thinking behind it because of what he's won. And he's got a, you know, he's got a track record of winning, you know. Whereas with Bruce, yeah, obviously, he's got, he's got a track record of taking teams down. I think he's like actually Sunderland's worst ever manager. Like, it's funny Bruce you say has that. the lowest win rate of any manager with, I think, three hundred plus games in the yeah, Premier that League. Doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he's in That's good company good with uh, Tony Pulis and Sam Allardyce, and Joe Kinnear. But yeah, oh, it's um, it's my days. Um... Yeah. I think uh, Newcastle fans, we should be optimistic and just say no news is good news. Hopefully this time it will work out. So this is the statement from Newcastle United uh, of, on Thursday, 19th November 2020. The club has previously not commented on the arbitration it is pursuing against the Premier League with respect to its conduct relating to the proposed takeover because of the confidentiality clause in the EPL's rules. However, 
The club is aware of public reports which state that on November 17th, the EPL referred to the legal proceedings with the club as in social media and referring to the club's own legal case in their words in a letter to Newcastle supporters. <clears throat> the source of some reporting is said to be the EPL. It appears, therefore, that the EPL has leaked the contents of their letter to some of those commenting in the public domain. The club understands that these will be uh, matters of great concern to its fans and therefore considers that in light of the information disclosed by the EPL, it has no choice but to respond and update its fans in response to, its co- to this coverage. <clears throat> the club makes no comment on the substance of the arbitration, but it conf- uh, confirmed that it has issued arbitration proceedings against the EPL. It is unclear when those proceedings will be uh, resolved. Given the approach of the EPL and its lawyers, Bird and Bird, nevertheless, the club will continue to use its best efforts to press for a fair, full, and timely hearing of its claim. So, this could be drawn out again. This could be drawn out, and this statement for me, um, for me, it's it's just it's another it's Newcastle just sort of reinforcing their 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 position right so now it's official so now everyone knows we're actually suing the EPL um, yeah and it makes us our position stronger yeah and as well basically we should really thank uh, the fans consortium sorry I forget their abbreviation but uh, many thanks to mm-hmm. those guys hopefully we can have uh, some of those guys on at some point next onto the onto the next news so Pep Guardiola signs new Manchester City contract to end speculation of a future so he signed a two year extension mm. um, so the contract will officially run um, until 2023 what do you make of it? great news for City like um, Guardiola seems to be the very first manager that they've actually decided to actually stick by and with good reason because like, that's the thing if they don't like if they were to uh, lose Guardiola sack them who would they get <laughs> like you know pretty much everybody is a in fact I would say everybody is a step down from Guardiola so I personally think it's I think it's strange because you either you either release him for, I mean you either uh, leave his contract to run down alright or and you could hire Pochettino or you give him a five year contract because to me this t- this team is aging this team needs new blood in, and it needs time he basically needs to rebuild a second team to win the title and for me and it's not going to take two years it's going to take much more but again that's the maybe that they, they, we'll they see it as you know I mean, it didn't exactly. Maybe them, they... You know, when he ha- did the like first big rebuild after you know sacking off all like the Pellegrini's dead wood and that, like that team that won it in uh, 2000, uh, 2018, in 2018, oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, when they won it, and then again 2019. But that team in 2018, that that was only his second season, so he might there, there might be you know a very sort of quick rebuild. But we'll see. We'll see what the situation is on that. And again, I think only the I think the future can tell us all the answers. We can't really yeah. speculate right now because it's. I mean, Man City they've not started their season well. I think that's uh, an understatement. But we'll see with Pep. We'll see what goes. Um, mm. The thing is, I really don't think anyone so, has started that well. Yeah, apart from who actually has started well? No one. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say anybody has started particularly well. Like, uh, Again, I mean, I know I Leicester, that's COVID probably why Leicester is Anyway, we will return to Leicester later on. However, yeah. I will now hand it back to you, Gabriel. Um, we're trying to assemble uh, an 11 of the worst players of this de- the past decade for both our clubs. So, do you want to start, Joe? Yeah. So, for the manager, I've gone with the man himself. He says he's the best coach in the Premier League. Well, he was but he hasn't managed in the Premier League since. I've gone with the amazing John Carver. <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that he thought he was the best what coach a... in the Premier League after losing like 12 consecutive games. Anyway. Hey, listen, so... you have to believe in your own ability. Yeah, but not that much. <laughs> That's like us saying <laughs> we're the best podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which we are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We... yeah. 
were not yet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> about when the number we're one still, podcast we're in still the world comes in. We're still learning. Yeah. <laughs> we're still learning. Uh, we're the number one podcast that features a Jordy and a Belgian. Yeah, well, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should be like on like our sort of like you know we we'll cover photos and that. The world's number one podcast featuring a Jordy and yeah, a Belgian. Yeah. So John Carver, let's talk about what he's done since Newcastle. Not much, <laughs> let's say. That's, uh, uh, I think he's like the Scottish assistant manager now. Uh, okay, here we go. So John Carver since managing Newcastle in 2015, he has managed a club called Ammonia, and that's it apparently. In goal, and you're 11. In goal, I've gone for Jack Annick. So Jack Annick, he played for Newcastle around 2014-2015 sort of time, filling in. Um, Essentially, there was a massive um, injury, like, uh, well, I had massive injury problems to Tim Krull and Rob Elliott, and Jack Annick came on against Chelsea, I remember we won that game 2-1, two goals from Papi Sisi, but then, I think he went on to concede something like 13 goals in, like, five or six games. Yeah, he was terrible for Newcastle, uh, he now plays for St Mirren up in Scotland but yeah he, he was terrible for us Jack Annick oh god just his name brings back bloody horrible traumatic er- er- like memories of really bad goalkeeping anyway right back I have James Tavernier he is the captain of Rangers now believe it or not under Stephen Gerrard but I think that just shows how bad the Scottish league is that it employs Jack Annick and James T- uh, Tavernier the se- the centre uh <clears throat> The centre-backs that I'm using in this pairing have gone for Mike Williamson <laughs> and Matthew Yangambiwa. So, Mike Williamson, after Newcastle, he played for Wolves and now he manages Gateshead. So, he's come back to the northeast. Like, uh, yeah, Williamson was... Re- he was at New- I don't know how he lasted so long at Newcastle because, like, he was at Newcastle for a long time. Like, um, he was at Newcastle from... Um, he was at Newcastle from like 2010 to 2016. He made 150 appearances for the club. Like, how? Just how? Like, how the hell did he manage that? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, Mike, how did you last that long? Uh, the only, unfortunately, the only other Mike to last that long was uh, Mike Ashley. Um, he was still stuck with at present. So, I've also gone for Mapu Yanga and Biwa. We signed him during our French Revolution in 2012-2013 sort of time. I'm pretty sure it was January 2013. He, uh, we signed him from Montpellier. Um, then, yeah, he played for us for a year. Wasn't very good. He played at... Uh, he got pardued, to be honest. Um, he definitely got pardued. He was... Um, he's a centre-back, but he got played at, like, full-back quite a lot. Um, after Newcastle, he went on to play for Roma and Lyon. And he actually played in the Champions League post-Newcastle, so he's done all right for himself on that one. Uh, I believe he's currently a free agent. Like, my flatmate, who is a Roma fan, he said that they, called, they had a nickname for him and it was like, it translated like funny legs or something. Anyway, on the left back, I've gone for the very forgettable Antonio Barreca. So, for anyone who forgets that this guy actually played for us, or that this guy existed, because let's face it, this guy's mother probably forgot he existed at this point. Um, he played one game for her in a 1-0 defeat away to Tottenham at Wembley. Um, that was it. That was all his, con- that was all his con- uh, contribution for Newcastle. Um, after that, he, he, uh, we got him on loan from Monaco. Uh, he is still technically employed by Monaco. Um, after that, he went out on loan to Genoa, he made 18 appearances there. And he's currently on loan at Fiorentina, where he hasn't made a single appearance yet. So, anyway, moving on to the midfield. We have, on the right, Remy Cabela. Um, we signed him from Montpellier in 2014. Um, he scored once for her in that game where Alan Pardew headbutted a whole player. Um that's pretty much the best of it. Like he was, it's a shame with Cabela because um, he 
he had the potential like he had the natural skill he was he had he just had the upper body strength of like god he had the upper body strength of freaking uh baby yoda like uh, or just anything with no upper body strength but like he was just like he was just like one of he is the reason why i'm suspicious when newcastle signed a player from uh syria now like because he was such a letdown uh he currently plays for krasnodar out in russia uh, i think he's actually played champions league football this season as well which is just mental because he, he wasn't good enough so after newcastle he uh he went uh, he joined marseille unknown for a while then he played for i think saint etienne uh, or something like that and now he's at krasnodar i might be wrong with saint etienne uh feel free to correct me if anyone knows uh then on the left i've gone for uh do you want us to give you right if i give you like a, the chance that we used to have from gabriel do you want to guess it i mean uh, I, if i give you the chance I'll give you a hint because he played for Man United as well, so you'll probably get it. You signed him as Ooh, the potential right. replacement for Ronaldo. He's bald. He's shit. He plays when no one's fit. Obertan! Obertan! The thing is, I got some good memories of Obertan. He scored, like, in the 2014-15 season. We went into, like, November, December, still without a win. We were at home to Leicester. I remember I was at this game as well. Like I was sitting in uh, the Leeser's corner and um, like near the Leicester fans, and the game had been delayed because it was the first game. Like there was actually the big TV screen at Newcastle at St James's, so like the game had yep. got delayed because of uh, security with that. And I was I remember we were sitting up near the Leicester fans, and like it was no no. Like who comes? Who puts the ball in the net? Orbitan, and then like the, I remember the, after that the Leicester fans started throwing bottles in the, at the Newcastle fans. But yeah, Gabriel Orbitan gave me some good memories there. He scored a few times for in the Europa League as well. To be fair to him, but yeah, it's uh yeah Gabriel Orbitan, you know, otherwise known as known as Dominic Cummins, uh, <laughs> you know. He represented Epsilon 5 at international level. You know, who else can say that? Anyway, midfield, we have a pairing of Nabil Bentaleb and Henri Saive. So last season, we got Nabil Bentaleb on loan from Schalke. I remember a lot of people being quite excited, but honestly, he's got to be probably one of the worst, if not the worst midfielder I've ever seen in a Newcastle shirt. And that's saying something. Like he can't pass, he can't tackle, he can't dribble. What? What? Why is he a footballer? Like he, he's he's terrible. And anyway, uh, yeah, as well. Actually, Bentleb somehow used to get a game for Spurs. But uh, his partner in this is Ori Saive, who people might remember because he used to be good on Football Manager. Uh, Saive, we signed the same day. Actually, we signed John Joe Shelby. Uh, we signed him from Bordeaux for about five million in uh, 2016 and he uh he played a couple of times under steve mclaren then rafa came in he didn't rate them so he went out alone a few times i think he's been relegated from the turkish league twice um but his most notable contribution in a newcastle shirt has to be a, a 3-2 win away to west ham where he scored a ridiculous free kick and then also gave away a goal so <laughs> that's Henri Saive summed up um, up front I have gone for Luke de Jong and Harris Vukic so people might forget that Luke de Jong used to play for us, he played for us in the 2013-14 season when we had Loic Remy on loan um, he came in in January for half a season never scored he had the, he nearly scored one against Aston Villa, but it uh, was disallowed for offside. Um, then Harris Vukic, uh, he was supposed to be like a wonder kid for us, and he was he, he never. I don't think he could even call himself that. I've got no idea where he even is now. Actually, Harris Vukic. I mean, Luke De Jong at least went on to play for like Sevilla, but like uh, Harris Vukic, I wonder where he actually is. He plays for the, Z- the Segunda Division club uh, Zaragoza. You learn something new every day. 
but uh, yeah, he he had some sort of potential, I guess. He just wasn't good enough, really. He played for like FC Twenty after Newcastle. Um, that's about all I really remember about him. Um, anyway, on the bench, I've gone for the club's all-time most expensive goalkeeper, Matt Sells, former Belgian international as well before he signed for us. Uh, we signed him in the Championship under Rafa Benitez, um, and he was um, he started the first few games, but made a lot of really bad errors, and he never really recovered after that. Um, so yeah, he's earned himself a place on the bench here. Um, I've also gone for Curtis Good on the bench. He uh, should have been called Curtis Bad. He was uh, an Aussie international. He was more like League Two level player. We've also gone for the forgettable man, Roman Amalfitano, uh, brother of Morgan Amalfitano, who you might remember used to play for West Ham. Uh, Roman did literally nothing for him. I think he played once in the Europa League. I've also gone for Sylvain Marvel, who I think is playing in the in the French second division, which says a lot about how good he is. Um, now this one people will probably dispute. I've put, I've gone for Florian Torvan. Florian Torvan was signed in 2016 under Steve McLaren, and he couldn't get past really Gabriel Orbitan in the team. So I will never say he is world class. He couldn't get past Gabriel Orbitan. If you can't get past Orbitan, then you probably shouldn't be a footballer. But then again, he plays for Marseille again now um, in France. And, you know, it's a farmer's league. Um, I've also gone for Islam Slomani and Facundo Ferreira. Both strikers. Slomani got on loan from Leicester. He was injured for most of his spell with her. Then he played twice and got sent off and never played again. And Facundo Ferreira never actually made the bench for him. Like ever, <laughs> like, uh, and he's played in the Champions League as well for Shak uh, for Shakhtar, Shakhtar, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, but um, some more dishonourable mentions because things have been bad this decade. Kennedy, Sadie Dumbia, Nal Ranger, Danny Guthrie, Dan Gosland, Sami Amiobi, Vasadio Haidara, Stephen Taylor, Christian Atsu, Atraf Lazar. Like, there's so many. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Atraf Lazar is so bad he didn't even get into the eleven or the bench. A lot like he, a lot like in real life, actually. So anyway, what do you think of that? It's it's incredible how many. I mean, you could literally. I think you could do that for every Premier League team. But um, the it shows you right that to to get to the top to be a top player is not easy. Because you, I mean, do you see how many? Yeah, how many of them have been forgettable like, and? Yeah, how yeah. many of them had the potential as well? I mean, like Remy Cabela, Luke De Jong went on to make something for himself. Uh, Yang and B were yeah. played in the Champions League. Tavernier sounded uh, sort of found his level were in Scotland. Matt Sells plays for Strasbourg now in the French League, in Ligue 1. Roman Amalfitano plays in the bloody Saudi League or something now. Come on, Roman, help me with the takeover, mate. <laughs> um, Florian Torvan's at Marseille. He's got connections. Like, he's like, like, again, he, like, people, like, I know he's a World Cup winner, but like, he was terrible for Newcastle, Florian Torvan. Um, actually, as well, I mean, for the dishonorable mentions, I would actually put, like, Musa Sissoko in there as well. Because like he had the talent, he just never turned up. Like Bajini, Wijnaldum. Similar situation to Sissoko. I mean, like you know, when you're in a relegation scrap with a team that shouldn't have ever really been there. You know, I mean, as well, we I mean, had like Chancellor and Bemba in that team, Fabrizio Colaccini. Like we had some really good players in that team, but like, I mean, granted they were being managed by Steve McLaren, which probably had a lot to do with it. But like, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, for Newcastle, Sissoko and Wijnaldum were, they were bottle jobs. Like, they were, were two best players, but they were, like, like technically they were, were two best players, but they were bottle jobs. Were best players in terms of performances that season were probably, like, Rob Elliott and, like, Andros Townsend and uh, even, like, Jamal Lascelles in that same summer because he only came in at the back end of that season. He only started playing for her the back end of that season but I mean I mean you, you look as well I mean now Ranger I mean he plays like non-league now and Sammy Amiobi's at Nottingham Forest Christian Atsu's still at Newcastle 
I've got no clue where Masadio Haidara is or Kennedy for that matter. Actually, I don't know if he's still at Chelsea, but like, yeah, it's uh, it just goes to show how hard like players actually have to work to have some sort of longevity, you know? Yeah. yeah. It also shows that sometimes they just don't fit a certain a certain system or a yeah. certain team or a certain city or yeah. I mean, like you know, Kivela Tovan have to be the best uh, examples of that. I mean, like. You know, they've like Remy Cabela's played because Champions League football with Krasnodar this season in Russia. Anyway, on to yours. I do, yeah, on to mine. Um, so have you gone for I'll his manager? With the manager, as you did. Um, yes, I've gone same. for David Moyes now. My manager is David Moyes for, for the very simple fact that he finished seventh with a team that finished first the season before. And you may argue that um, that team was past it, but. The points gap was way too big, and that team, that team still had world-class players, uh, experienced veterans, and you don't finish seventh with that team. Um, you don't let, I think, Southampton finished above us that season. You don't let that happen. Um, so for, I'll start with the 11. So, so in goal, I, I put uh, Victor Valdez. You, you may have forgotten he played for us, but it was probably the most useless signing ever. Honestly, he came from Barcelona. Um, Honestly, and afterwards, I think he was at, if I'm not correct, if I'm not, he was at, like, he wasn't at Stoke, he was at um, Middlesbrough. I don't remember where he was. It was Middlesbrough after Middlesbrough, there you go, Man United. Yeah, he played, I think, three games for us, and the thing is, literally you know, did nothing, so. Can I just say, when he went to Middlesbrough, he wound up being second choice there as well. <laughs> yeah, the most <laughs> pointless signing was, ever. I think he wound up behind Darren Randolph in the pecking order, and that's saying something. Which 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 tells the whole story, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so at left back, I've gone for um, Cameron Broith Jackson. So he was actually promising in the 15-16 season under Van Gaal, but and had a good game against Chelsea away, if I remember correctly. But um, if, I think then there were questions about his like mental strength, um, and so he was dropped. We never got to see him really after that. And now I have no clue where he is. He's probably in League Two or League One. So sad to see. Hello, fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, shout out to you. Um, my central def- defensive partnership is—it's terrible. It's so it's—it's um, it's made up of Phil Jones, the mighty Phil Jones, and of Tyler Blackett. So you may remember him from the game against Leicester, the five-three. Uh, because he he got sent off, didn't start well, and we never really got to see him after. <laughs> he never recovered, so it's a shame. But yeah, and then I put Phil Jones because obviously Phil Jones is a calamity. Honestly, um, Sir Alex uh, lauded him as a, a you know a brilliant player. He said that he was going to be better than then he was going to be the best player we've ever had. Uh, basically, that's what he said, which is you know you can't get more wrong than that. Um, honestly, he was promising. He came from Blackburn as a good young defender, but never really developed he, he still makes rash decisions when he plays when he plays because he hardly plays anymore so uh, yeah i just hope we can get him you know sell him this summer get it over with um yeah so my right back is uh guillermo Varela, which uh yeah he played a few games yeah, to be fair in the champions league um yeah now he plays for um a team in denmark which we play in the europa league um uh, yeah he, he did yeah he, he had a few good games uh, notably against arsenal at old trafford but he faded afterwards and we never like i think he, he, he went that summer and jose uh, yeah i don't think he would have been in jose's plans anyway so yeah he was cursed from the beginning let's say he was the original so Diego <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Although Dalo's at AC Milan, whereas Varela's at um, Copenhagen. <laughs> so, um, it's not the same. Can I ask, AC did Milan you remember one, cup. there's one player I want to ask if you remembered to put him in. Alexander yeah. Butner. Um, I, might, I might put him on my bench instead of Cleverly. I might put him well, on no, he bench. was a left back. I forgot about him. He was a left back. No, I know he was a left back. Yeah, but he could be on the bench if I put yeah. him on the bench. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know if that um, was worse. Oh god, him. yeah, that's a good shot. <laughs> they were both terrible. Like Butner yeah. played one game against West uh, Brom, and he could like, see it five. Home. He was part of that West Brom. You, yeah. You, you know Fergie's last game, the five-five. Yeah, the the five-five. Yeah. The yeah. Tall, yeah. Yeah. He was in defense. The five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not surprising. He got turned over by Lukaku, made him look like a 
like a toy. Um, <laughs> so in my midfield, I've gone with Fellaini. Now, people may argue and may say that although he he was never the United player archetype, uh, he he played well. Well, I'll argue that he literally we used him as a as the emergency case we just we would just play long balls to him and hope he could flick them onto a striker like he and jose and valga will play him in midfield when he has no passing range uh all, all he is is tall and physical but he has no passing range he's not a midfielder he was literally a second striker at everton and you play him in midfield so that was a bit outrageous for me um so i decided to play him in to put him in just because uh, i don't like uh, what he stands for but obviously he's a he's not a bad player but i just think he was the wrong fit um next to him i've put schneiderlin now <laughs> he came you know he came from southampton with a good like not pedigree but you know um he i don't think he was a bad player like do you remember him as a bad player southampton he was not a bad no he was around, really so. good at southampton honestly i'm surprised he not yeah. started cleverly over schneidlin in this schneidlin was yeah. better for his cleverly uh i'd say the expect we expected like schneidlin to do better than what he did he was anonymous really anonymous for a year and a half so <laughs> Because he even he played under Jose for like one game, so terrible. The thing yeah. is, though, I mean, did he did he play him properly? You know, like no, Southampton yeah, was, was like a really, really sort of like it's kind of like a you would be great in sort of a midfield pivot, I think. But we played him in a midfield pivot. We played him with uh, Schweinsteiger. Mm, yeah, you've got two in a midfield sim- pivot in front of the back. Yeah, field. at that point, in Schweinsteiger's career. Those players would be too similar. We'll have um, Schweinsteiger as the third midfielder. Again, um, I'll quote Ed Woodward on this. So Ed Woodward said that um, this signing will strike fear in our opponents. I don't think it did, to be honest. <laughs> like, he came with a lot um, of. Uh, he came with a lot of hype, but at this point, it was like yeah. you know when we signed Patrick Cliver, he was past it. You know. Yeah, he was past it, and it's doesn't matter if the player's messy if you sign at 50 he's still he's still 50 yeah yeah i mean it's like it's like trying to sign like you know the like ronaldinho or the fat ronaldo or now to sign ronaldo now yeah (laughs) (laughs) doesn't matter if he's ronaldo he's still fat and wants burgers (laughs) (laughs) cristiano in 20 years (laughs) yeah exactly or maradona Um, Maradona wants, you know what, you know what he wants, you know what he wants. Yeah, he wants yeah. That, that we white, know what he wants. White powder. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I'm honestly um... surprised. Do you remember Robbie Fowler's celebration where he sniffed the goal line? <laughs> oh my, he, he did that. For yeah, me, yeah, yeah. That now that um... I'm surprised that wasn't like Maradona's signature celebration. Like you know how Bale has the yeah, love okay. heart, Sturridge has the dancing. Yeah. Like. Maradona's should have been like sniffing the goal lines. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, I, I saw, I think it was in South America, a player actually did that celebration and he got sent off. <laughs> he got sent off. <laughs> the referee was having none of it. It was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Um, so I have an amazing front three for you next, though. My oh, yes, is, let's see this. Um, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. So I have. Can I um, guess the Alexis other two? Sanchez Can I guess top. the other two? Right. Yeah, yeah. Try. I'll be pretty obvious. Because yes, I yeah. think I know who you're going to yeah, yeah, go, go for. I think you've gone for Bebe and Gabriel Obertan. Yeah, right. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, <laughs> they're, they're literally they were my first two picks. They're the most obvious names when you talk about flops. Yeah. Bebe and Obertan, and Bebe is a you know it's actually the story behind his signature is fascinating. Do you know the story? No, no, I didn't. So the story is basically Bebe was a homeless in Brazil. And so what he did to earn some money is that he played, he applied to play in what we call the uh, Homeless World Cup, which is an actual, actual, actual tournament. Uh, and I don't know why, but some scouts from Man United were at the tournament. <laughs> and they scouted him and they thought, let's sign this guy. So that's how we signed him. We literally signed a homeless guy. Because <laughs> so he felt sorry for it's, him. It's, yeah, I mean, it's I can't believe it. And... I think he played well for about 15 minutes and then it went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you remember, um, uh, what was he called? Ali Dia. 
the guy who tricked uh, Graham Sooners in the oh yeah, finding the 90s, him yeah. because he said he was uh, because he said he was Weir's like, uh, cousin. The, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Exactly. Baby, baby told Sir Alex. Probably told Sir Alex I'm that he was Ronaldo. Ronaldo's cousin. Ronaldo's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel Obertan <laughs> told him that he was Ribery's brother. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he believed him. Yeah, he thought, well, they're both, yeah, both. They look similar. Without <laughs> yeah. <scars> and... yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we actually we actually have a play in common in Obertan. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, another so one I, I should have put in my dishonourable mentions: Michael Owen. Oh yeah, from the I mean from the two thousands, not the twenty tens. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, from the two thousands. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, that kind of. Because yeah. I I could have put if I were to do I it all put time. Smith. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So good. Ah, he never even scored a goal for us. Alan Smith. Yeah, he never scored a goal for us. And we played oh him God. up front. That's the only goal I remember. Oh my God. <laughs> How can you not score a goal when you play up front? <laughs> well, ask yeah, Luke Dion <laughs> or Islam yeah. Slamani or Kundu Pereira. Can I just say, right? Yeah. The league goals in this team, right? I can count like. So there's non non one non non one one non one non non. So that's uh, what Williamson, Four Cabela, Overton, <laughs> and Sivy. Yeah, so that's four goals I've got in this team. <laughs> and I mean, on the bench as well. I mean, I've got non 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 non. Non, non, and non. Literally no goals on the bench there. If we're going by league games. <laughs> so, literally, so for 17, how many? 18 players, that amounts to five goals. Or so four, goal, four goals in the entire team. <laughs> four goal contributions by 18 players. Yeah, I've got the best, worst team here. Like. Yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll win. Yeah, um, yeah, because I had Mike Ashley. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. <laughs> um, so I put uh, Bebe on the left, Obertan on the right, and Sanchez up front for obvious reasons. Now, my bench, th- this is very interesting. Um, so I put Ooh, Lindegaard for the, as the goalkeeper. Lindegaard, oh, um, Lindegaard was played... quite good for years. Yeah, but he considered five, like against West Brom. <laughs> Again, this, he no, was in goal for that. This, I, I think of worse ones you've had Lindegaard, Lee Grant. Um, I, you know, I thought of putting Lee Grant, but he, he's not even a player. Lindergaard was for me, Lindergaard so. was like pretty reliable for years. Like, in fact, at, at one yeah, point, he, Fergie preferred him to here. So, yeah, true, true. Mm. At one point, yeah. Um, to be honest, they're interchangeable. You could put Lindergaard or Grant. I agree, Grant didn't do much. He, did, he played two games for us. So, yeah, I would um, probably, even, I would probably put Grant. <laughs> so next up, I have uh, Michael Keane. Good player for Everton now, but um, yeah, he wasn't, very wasn't good at United. He played in, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he played in the 4 0 loss to MK Dons, and that literally signaled the end for him at United. Do you remember his, uh, sold, so. his brother as well who played for you, Wilkie? He was way more oh, useless. Striker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. was meant. He, like Man United fans, I remember at one point were saying, "Oh, he's going to be like the next George Best." And now Will Keane, I think, has just fell off the face of the map. Actually, I'm glad Will Keane exists. Do you know why? Because had he not got injured in the warm-up for our, I think it was last 16 tie against Michelland, Rashford yeah, you, would not have yeah, made his debut. <laughs> The thing is, though, what was Will yeah, Keane doing so... in that squad anyway? I could have sworn like, yeah, he was out on loan at home or something then. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Will Keane um, exists. Hi, Will. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Will. This is for you. Your only bit of relevance. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is your, like, uh, people acknowledging you for the year. Uh, hope you're doing all right. Uh, got no clue where you are in the world now, so... Um, next up, we have Angel Di Maria. Now, he actually got 11 assists uh, that season. So the 15-16 uh, uh, season. But 
he literally he gave up after like five months and now there have been reports that he he got burgled yeah <laughs> which that, is yeah, why he would have you know kind of he didn't want to sign for years from the start he always wanted to go to psg anyway you know yeah so i mean it's a player yeah. i just didn't want we, to we play forced for him we yeah that, and that's literally the the woodward era at its finest <laughs> But pay for a player who doesn't even want to come here. <laughs> well, that's a lot of them, by the sounds of it. I honestly, at this point, I'm surprised you guys yeah, aren't like is, trying to sign Mesut Ozil. Oh, yeah, perfect, we perfect, a big name. Uh, or Zlatan at 40. You know. um, <laughs> yeah, or better still, Zlatan's, Zlatan's child, which is probably about 30 oh, yeah. or, or 20. Okay, let's just re-sign Beckham. He's 47, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. God, is Beckham 47? Yeah, he is. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, oh. I, he doesn't... Oh. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him in years. Right, I'll just I'll just uh, quickly <laughs> scroll through these. Um, then Memphis Depay. Um, he's, he just flopped. He, he just flopped. He, he came in with, a, like, a big hype again. With a, He was a very promising winger from the Eredivisie, but he... He obviously, he obviously couldn't handle the pressure. Rooney I think was Depay, he, Rooney he was too young. He was too young when you exactly, signed him. I agree. I think you, I too think young, he will yeah. wind up back at Man United at some point. Perhaps uh, I think he'll go to Barcelona. Um, I think they, they, mm. they want him. But yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, um, I'm surprised Barcelona aren't just signing players that used to sign for Bar- that used to play for Barcelona. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you know um, anyone who used to play for Barcelona? Oh, Victor Valdez, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, Patrick Cliver did as well. And then I put Nick Powell. Oh, God, yeah, I remember when you signed him from Crew? The most, literally, like... He's, he's, he's a bang average championship midfielder. Like, he's yeah, a good I'll player in the championship. Yeah. Well, because you forgot he existed. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Nick Powell didn't used to play for Barcelona. <laughs> That's the quote of the day. Nick Powell didn't never never played for Barcelona. Alright, um let me quickly finish this. So then we have Radamel Falcao. He did nothing. He did I mean I'll reiterate it, nothing. Uh he he came on loan from Monaco and I think he scored one goal. Like, how can you how can you pay for? I mean, how can you get a player this, like, this big? He's a big player at Atletico, right? How can you get a player this big for him to do nothing? Well, I mean, it's like, Jackson, is... it's like look at Jackson Martinez as well after Atletico. Also, I've just remembered two really bad strikers for us for Newcastle that I forgot to mention: Hosselu <laughs> and. Oh yeah. Emmanuel Rivier, who because when you started talking about getting a player from Monaco, I was just saying, oh yeah, Rivier, we got a striker from Monaco because he was uh, Falcao's strike partner at Monaco. So and last, last uh, but not least, um, I put I put uh, cleverly, um, like a very clever decision. Yeah, I think after Ferguson left, he was never the same player. If he was ever a player, but he. He literally, he, I think he gave up because he couldn't, he couldn't get along with Moyes, and um, yeah, then we could, we could quickly got rid of him after afterwards, and God knows, I think now he's at Watford, but yeah, yeah, he's at Watford in the Championship now. Yeah. Like, I remember he played for Everton. I think he played for Aston Villa as well. I might be wrong on that, but yeah. As to Villa fans, you can confirm. So uh, anyway, let's yeah. move on <laughs> to the predictions for this weekend. I went a bit over the top with that, but fuck it. <laughs> I love how we just open, like, you know what? This is what I want this show to be now, just this. Anyway, so, kicking off this weekend, we have my team, Newcastle United. We are at home at Chelsea in the 12.30pm kickoff. So, we absolutely got what Arsenal's handed over by Southampton because Steve Bruce decided Miguel Almiron is a defensive midfielder, which he isn't. Like, you know what? Maybe that could be the quote of the day. Nick Powell did play for Barcelona and Miguel Almiron isn't a defensive midfielder. 
Yeah, you know what? I think I actually think Bruce picks his team by doing the lottery. So he puts <laughs> paper, like <laughs> names of your players on, on papers. He puts in a ball. He shakes it and just takes out papers and literally. So who am I going to who, who play CDM today? Uh, well, uh, you know, Miguel, uh, I'm going to play it uh, today. I thought you might do a bit better even further back. So I'm going to put you at centre back. I know you're only about five foot four. But, uh, you know, I think you'll be a really good partner in between Jamal Lascelles and uh, Jamal Lewis, you know. Uh, I mean, it worked with Jacob Murphy at right back. <laughs> but uh, Chelsea have been fantastic in the last few games, haven't they? I mean, yeah, but to be fair, they've played... Really good. Um, yeah, but they've played teams, you know, play 16th or below. So mm. it's, you know, you the could catch is, them though, out, I think. The you thing is, though, this is a game that we're going, we're expecting nothing. But, like, we, uh, like, we tend to win these kinds of games. So we'll probably win it 1-0. 1-0, Callum Wilson. I'm going to see Okay, that. so. I'm, what are you saying? I know that this. Okay, so despite what I just said, <laughs> I'm still going to go for a Chelsea win. I'll probably go 2-0. <clears throat> anyway, the next game We've got an amazing clash in this next game It is Villa Brighton I think, you know what I think it's going to be a draw That's a draw I'm going to say 1-1 on this Alright, the next game after that is Tottenham Who holds Man City um, mm, Chelsea against Pep Yeah good game. Although it's probably going to be, you know The bus against uh, the all-out attack team Um mm the double-decker bus so so I think this is a Man City win so 2-0 I think this is going to be a good game actually I'm going to say 3-2 City Ooh, oh yeah so yes. a close a tight affair mm. um, next one Manchester United against West Bromwich Albion I don't want to dwell on this game too much I think Solskjaer needs to win if he wants to stay in the job um, so I know it really is a mid-table clash <laughs> Mid-table well, yeah. beats relegation. It is, um, but yeah. So we have to win that game uh, to pick up some momentum. I think you will. Uh, so I, yeah, I just that's, I'll say two-one. I'll be. I'm trip. gonna say two-nil, Man United on that one. Moving Next on to game. the Sunday of uh, twelve o'clock, we have Fulham Everton. Everton have like uh, of late have really dropped, haven't they? I mean, without yeah, like, without have... Richarlison. Um, I think Richarlison's back for this game. Um, so, um, you know what? I think Everton are still good enough. I think Everton 2-0. I agree. Even though they've lost their last three league games, which is a yeah. record yeah. Uh, by Ancelotti. I mean, I think he hadn't lost three league games in a row since 2006 with AC Milan. So, yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty long time. Mm. Even anyway, though that's the case, Fulham is terrible. So, yeah, I agree I think, with you. I think it's... Uh, turn to win this for Everton on this. Yeah, 3-1. Amazing next game. Oh, Gabriel, you've never seen a game like this before. It's amazing, never. amazing clash. It's Sheffield United versus West Ham. Are we going to have to pay £15 for this? <laughs> no, 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 no. This one, they've stopped doing that. Oh, that's something we could have talked about. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, for those of you who are wondering why we didn't mention it in the news, the Prem have stopped charging fans for games on the pay-per-view. Yep, that's very good. So, yep, that's gone now, thank God. <laughs> anyway, um, Sheffield United West Ham. I think it's got, I'm going to go nil nil. No, I'll, I'll go for a West Ham win, uh, like a one nil win. Uh, I, 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 I think Sheffield United will be too frustrating for them. Um, hmm. So, next we have Leeds Arsenal. This could be a pretty good game, actually. The thing is, the Leeds have lost heavily quite a lot lately. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to say 2 2. Right, so. Okay, I'll be okay. I was gonna say two two as well, but I'll be different. So, although uh, although Leeds are a good team, the the teams they've lost to are teams they're meant to lose to. So like the top six teams. So I'd expect the same here. Although I don't think Arsenal are that good. Like they've just lost three 0 to Aston Villa. I think Leeds will get Leeds something are, out of this. Yeah, Leeds are a better team, but I just think even though they won't deserve the result, they'll, they'll still get it. So I'll go for a. 2-1 win 2-1 Arsenal win hmm. next we'll have Liverpool Leicester the two fit Liverpool players will be taking on Leicester I'm going to say no it'll be yeah do, do Liverpool have a team that they can feel for this that's going to be basically Mane Jota Firmino and then Milner 
Milner, 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 and then uh, Allison. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I forgot Winalden. <laughs> I, I go, yeah, like, uh, that's the thing. Give it, a, like, a while. Like, Minamino will be injured. Firmino will be injured. Marnie will be injured. Salah's probably got COVID. Like, uh, Winalden will be injured. I'm going to say... I think Leicester are going to nick this. I think I'm going to go 1-0 Leicester on this. Oh, I'd love, yeah. I'm going to go for a draw because I want it to be a draw so bad. <laughs> so there's still a, like a, oh, a oh, sense Gabriel, of Gabriel, a Gabriel, Gabriel. race going on. So. Yeah. Oh, I've just seen the the Monday night kickoffs. You know, I love me some Monday night football. And in the 5.30pm kickoff on Monday, we have an amazing clash. We have... The mighty Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace. Fun fact: Roy, Hod- Roy Hodgson helped build Crystal, the the actual old Crystal Palace, um, and he also helped <laughs> yeah. demolish it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he used to live there. Yeah. No, he was the one who burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one who burnt it in the thirties. Yeah, well, then again, I mean, Crystal Palace's mascot uh, is the like is the eagle, and Roy's an owl, so. You know, maybe just uh, he got he felt threatened. <laughs> um, I'm not going to yeah, dwell on sense. this one too much. I'm going to say an amazing game, with lots of action. I'm going to go nil nil. <laughs> I'm going to go with a nil nil as well, just for the joke. <laughs> Sorry, Burnley. I I know you guys have become a bit of a running joke in this series. Uh, we don't hate you, Burnley. It's just you, you're a boring team to watch, and so on Newcastle. It's just. You burn me. Uh, yeah, I think. And the last game of this, uh, yeah, the last game of this um, match day will be Wolves against Southampton. That what do you reckon? Be a good game. I'm gonna say one 0 Wolves. I'm gonna go for a draw, a two-two draw this time. I just think Wolves are a good team at home, and Southampton are a good team away. You know, coincidentally, so that makes up for a like a draw. That's a draw, basically. Yeah, well, I think that's going to be one of the Wolves, I think, uh, Wolves. Uh, Southampton are in a good run of form, but Wolves have the quality there, so, I mean, that's my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the fixtures for this week, so that's, uh, this should be, it'll be, uh, you know, I mean, especially Burnley, it'll be a game to remember. All right, should we do the outro? Yep, I think it's time uh, to say goodbye to everybody listening. Uh, thank you very much for listening, as always. You know, like, subscribe, the usual places, follow her on Spotify, all the usual places, all that usual good stuff. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye.